out here in the perimeter, there are no stars. Out here, we is stoned, immaculate. Hello and welcome. This is the C86 Show and this is part two of the interview with the Wendy's all the way from Scotland. And um, if you were paying attention, this was with the vocalist Jonathan Renton and also the guitarist Ian White from the band. And uh, yes, as I said, this is part two, mainly because it's a Zoom thing. If you're having a three-way conversation, you only get live 45 minutes and then it stops. So... Yes, we pick up the conversation one more time, and I do believe it's Ian chatting about the band. Anyway, I'll just shut up and let you listen to the rest of the interview. Bye. I mean, I, th- I suppose, uh, I don't know, we were never really good at publicising ourselves uh, and pushing ourselves and marketing ourselves. And I think that... Uh, you know, some of us, including myself, had some things we needed to do, like pay the mortgage and had children and things like that. So uh, speaking for myself, I kind of uh, put that in a bit of a back burner because, you know, I had immediate things I needed to get sorted. Yes. So, 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 did, I, I, so did you yeah. have a meeting, you know, in the early 90s to say what was happening or did you just all stop yeah, we just, phoning? We just, we just kind of muddled through, you know. Yeah. Didn't really, yeah, didn't really. Very dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> so when I the believe night... it on having two brothers in the, in, the, in the band, you know. Yeah. They were dysfunctional to start with. Yeah, did I know? It's never. I know. My God, Jean loves Jezebel. That's not good either. But look, did so. So during the nineties, you know, obviously you were like there, the next big thing, and Britpop comes along, and it's like, my God, Mm. you should have been there. Did you think, what What are we doing? Not being the band, you know, on Mm. top of the pops. Not really, because it was never a target, you know. It was never a target because I think we were, uh, we were never, in fact, you know, uh, when the, hey, he's back, in, he's back in the room. Hello. <laughs> uh, no, I think we're just talking about, uh, you know, where, when Factory Thing was finishing and Britpop was happening and where we're thinking, oh, we should be on top of the pops. And I don't think we ever thought we should be on top of the pops. In fact, it was kind of like, apart from a couple of episodes <laughs> at some point in the 80s, probably Top of the Pops felt quite alien. Yes. And uh, it wasn't really where we were targeting. We weren't even thinking about that. Uh, it wasn't something we aspired to, I don't think. And uh, yeah, as I say, you know, it's a classic. We're, we're doing music for ourselves. And and it is true. It's, it's absolutely true. You know, it's not. We're not just saying that. It's with with no kind of thought of making loads of money or making, you know, being really big or whatever. Yeah. It was just wanting to make some nice tunes. So then, sort of ninety seven, mm. Tony Tony Blair gets in New Labour, and you bring out your second album ninety nine. When did you make the call 
or when did the call happen to say let's do this second album even though we've been slightly sort of dormant for, for most of the decade it, it was really just a realization we had a whole load of stuff jonathan eh? when yeah, we, we just wanted to do something with it definitely yes I mean, we hadn't been doing too much particularly ourselves but, uh, it was just, and again, it was Ian managed to get us all together to get this idea that we, we could do something that it was. I think we just, myself, I don't know how Johnny and Arthur felt. I just felt it's maybe beyond my control, but Ian thought this is possible. We could, well, namely he could do it himself rather than us. <laughs> we kind of did the recording, but he he made it possible when it, and uh, made it, made it real and was absolutely fantastic to be able to do that. Did the chemistry of the band come back together quite instantly? Yeah, it was never a problem. It was never a problem. We were all friends mm. and it was absolutely, it was, no, was, it, it was great. It was fine. And where was it, um, what studio and who produced it? Well, it was all over the place. Yeah, we recorded, some, some of it recorded at Chamber Studios. Some of it recorded at Sava East, which was like next to Easter Roads Stadium. Uh, some of it recorded in onto uh, an eight track or in rehearsals. And then John Corbin, our friend, got involved. And that all went on to some mad digital machine at the time which we didn't even understand uh and added extra tracks and overdubs and worked on them edited it up him and, Ar him and arthur spent yeah. an eternity uh tidying it all up and things like that and then and John's you know, part, um, it wasn't in the studio or anything wasn't it yeah yeah and what label were you on or trying to be on at that time we weren't trying to be in any label, so we created one ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a pseudo-label, a micro-label, whatever. I don't know what you want to call it, but... And were you pleased with the result of it? Did it, you know, was it fulfilling? Did you think, yeah, that's good, or were you disappointed, or...? Yeah, I think, I think it was... Uh, I think we... We, we got it mastered, and the mastering job really was incredible because it pulled all these diverse recordings from different places uh, to something that sounded like an entity, uh, which really is... I, I mean, I just think mastering is just such, a, such an art, and... It, it, we got it done at the townhouse in London and it was a guy called Bunt Stafford Clark who's done loads and loads of stuff over the years um, and it was just incredible. you know. Because so you yeah. were self-financing this, I'm gathering. Like, was it yeah. quite a gamble? Did you feel like... It, it, wasn't, it wasn't massive because we just uh, sold some of our legacy equipment <laughs> and we, no literally we just sold our legacy equipment and because we were no longer playing live we sold a PA we sold bits and pieces we sold 
we solved a DAT record of which we had. See, when factory died, they owed us 35 grand, right? And so we happened to have a DAT recorder at the time that was probably what of theirs, which was probably worth about three grand or something. And uh, we managed to sell that. And, uh, you know, after they'd gone bust and whatnot. Uh, so, yeah. We kind yeah. of financed it by selling bits and bobs. And when it came out, did it, you know, what were the sales like? Minuscule. Yeah, don't say that, It was, we didn't have a distribution, we didn't have anything. We just, it was early internet days. Uh, I happened to be working in that sort of area. So I kind of went about and looked at bulletin boards factory bulletin boards, things like that, and just said to people, got this album, anyone want to buy it? <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean it was in it was in Scottish some Scottish record shops, indie yeah. shops, you know, Avalanche and places like that, FOP. Yes. Uh, and, and apart from that, it was all word of mouth and bought by people in the States were selling, were sending me uh, $20 bills with wrapped in, wrapped in magazine pages inside an envelope. Apparently it was just so that it wasn't obvious it was a Cash. bank note, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So it was all done in trust. I mean, I would, send, I would send CDs out to people before they sent me the money, things like that, you know? So when... Um, so after the excitement of the album and, and, you know, selling a few copies, did you mm. then sort of sit down again and think, no, we need to get on with our rest of our lives? We didn't really think about it, did we, Jonathan? We just kind of did it. We were all kind of at various stages of life. It was a relief to get the album out there. It was great. It just felt good to do that. It felt maybe like, maybe, I don't know, part of an ending because we felt we had these great songs and nothing had ever happened to them. So it was just, even if nobody listened to them, mm. I think myself, I felt it was great. It was actually out there. If anyone came across it, it gave them the potential to listen to it. So yeah. yeah. Yes. It was kind of like, uh, Jonathan, I think I'd agree. It was kind of like, uh, it's kind of like a bit of closure. Because yeah. we didn't, we didn't really. We had, we had uh, grander ideas of what the second album was going to be, but then it became something else. It became part of what we'd originally planned, and partly, here's what we've actually recorded, uh, you know, and kind of constructing an album from that. Um, so, as, as Jonathan was saying earlier. Uh, uh, Jazz from a certain ratio had come up a couple of times and we'd worked on a couple of tunes. He had kind of edited them and uh, kind of suggested we chop bits out or, or you know, create a chorus or whatever. And uh, so we kind of felt we could really, I've, I mean, that's the only thing I would like to have known what we would have ended up with if we had had the opportunity to work with jazz for a whole album because you really in a short period of time uh 
I know some people have heard the ones he was involved with and they've said things like, oh, I don't hear any ACR in that, but that's not what a producer's supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to change it necessarily. Uh, yes. Maybe come up with some ideas or whatever, but really they're, they're looking for, uh, you know, to take the, the vision forward, yeah. if you like. And uh, I think that we felt we could work with them and, you know, unfortunately we didn't get to complete that. But uh we did get to complete something and it's now you know you know last year we put it on spotify that was you know because it never been the spotify either yes uh, and i would like to i would like to think that sometime in the next few years we can get gobbledygook available other than of course it's on youtube if you want to go to youtube someone's put the whole album yeah. on there so. so so where is the band now then because i know you played some dates live dates um right was it yeah the shine weekend which was like three yeah ago. so do you have any kind of plans for the future with the band to be honest i don't think so what do no. you think jonathan well, that was that was a really good way to end it because it was really a big a big thing playing the shine thing and they had a good it was like i mean it's quite hard going and they got together and had a really good time doing that and again, a bit like the second album, I think I feel that was maybe a really good closure as well. So then, yeah. So I mean, what, what happened was we had. So the shine thing was going to be happening, and we had been offered a gig in Glasgow, uh, just a gig of our own, and then the promoters had tried to uh, get us to play a gig with. Uh, James were playing, not James, <laughs> James, uh, the Railway Children were playing. Oh yes, the Railway yeah. Children. Yeah, the Railway Children were playing with uh, the Orchids yeah. supporting okay. and uh, I contacted the promoters and said, listen, we are actually having a rehearsal that weekend, so we're all in town. You because uh, Arthur, Jonathan's brother, uh, our bass player, he uh, he lives in Cardiff these days. So, you know, he's hardly ever up here. And uh, we happened to be, you know, in Edinburgh that weekend doing a, having a rehearsal. And I said to them, you know, if you want, we could come along and play a short set just to open the night. So we went along and did that. And it was great. You know, it was us, the Orchids and... Uh, real with children, not James. Wow. Not James. We d we told them just to stay at home that night. Yes. <laughs> so then, obviously, the the Shine Weekender. You mm -hmm. played. Was that three dates you played, or no? It was just one night. One night. Yeah. And that was like, yeah, that's it. Because with a lot of people I've interviewed, they often really what they love to do, apart from occasionally get together and mess about, is to archive their stuff. So is that the kind of case that you you would really like to do that with the band now, to sort of get everything that you've recorded and have it nicely archived? Uh, what do you mean in terms of like a release of Well, everything? I suppose all the stuff that you've, you know, recorded and all the, you know, any demos or B-sides or any kind of... I'll tell you what, there's about, Jonathan, what do you reckon? There's probably about another 15, 15 yeah. recordings maybe? It's some never, other, never been heard. Some other ones that are really interesting 
that Jay's, I think, did quite a few remixes of songs that sounded absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. I've never seen the light of day that I absolutely loved at the time. And, uh, and there's, no, we worked on lots of other songs that never uh, managed to do anything. But I think the first step, if we had the opportunity, it'd just be great to get a first album out that yeah. listen to. Yeah, I think that if we were to, if we, if we, if we genuinely thought or agreed on how good or bad <laughs> the, the the other recordings are, the other songs, then we would, you know, they would be on Spotify by now. Yes. No, but we we don't. I don't think we agree. So I've probably got maybe there's maybe about four or five songs that I think, you know, that we've got recordings of that I would be quite happy for people to hear. Uh, I think they're strong tunes and whatnot. Yes, it's just... Uh, but others might not agree. Others in the band might not agree. And then others might like other ones, you know. Uh, to be absolutely honest, I, w I wouldn't mind putting, a, putting something out that is like, Here's the other stuff. Make of it what you will. Put the you word know? demo. Yes, if you put the word demo next to it, people don't. They yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a problem with that. We also <laughs> we we do actually also have uh, a full multi-track 1991 live recording from London, uh, and that's another thing that I probably want to do something with at some point. Just getting the time to. Uh, time and energy to get that yes. mix. So then, yeah. So then lastly, Ish, so if you were to, to be able to say anything to your, an 18 year old self starting out, if some, if, if, you know, with all the, you know, the experience and wisdom you've had doing music, I mean, what would you sort of tell a younger self, you know, beginning this kind of interest in, in creative world yeah. in music? I'm going to but I'm going to butt in here because I've not said enough so far. <laughs> uh, I would say right now, Ian, tell the man that three quarters of the band are actually doing stuff at the moment. You know, they've got sort of projects that have got going and things like that. No, uh, but that that's you know before you 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 finish then. We have to mention that because the, we are doing, you know, we do, three of us are, are still doing some things, you know? Yes. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I would say anything to my younger self, apart from maybe be a bit pushier and, and make sure people were kind of working for you and doing things that are in line with what you want. Uh, what about you, Jonathan? Well, it's it's a funny situation. It's and uh, we have that potential to be in this situation because both me and Ian have sons who are well, just slightly older than eighteen, but they're both uh, interested in music. And all I do to my son and us and Robbie Ian's son as well is just encourage them, give them as much encouragement as possible, and that's all. So I suppose that's what I would want to hear when I was a youngster starting off. Just yeah. encouragement, whatever you're doing, just go with it and do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I didn't really have any encouragement because my, in fact, the opposite, because my yeah. folks, you know, I was in my mid-20s and signed into factory and, and giving up the job that I got because I had gone through a degree, right. you, know? <laughs> you know? So it was kind of like running off to join the circus type thing. <laughs> uh, you know, Except there was more crisis in the factory. <laughs> like, yeah, like you were saying, uh, you know, it's kind of like we're all from uh, working class backgrounds, and uh, so there's not really the, uh, you know, the, the, the people aren't used to thinking about going and going off and doing something that you just want to do. It's it's kind of it's all about uh, no matter what you if if you get to, well I was first generation university and so it was kind of like oh what's the job at the end of it you know so give, giving that up to go and be in a band was like what have you done what you know? have you wrecked I mean I I mean I I put a, I posted a photograph of my grandparents on. Uh, on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, it was just one a photograph I found lying about uh, my dad's parents, and I I said, uh, my uh, ex minor and ex in service, and someone said to me, "What do you mean in service?" And it was like my grand had been like a maid, you know, at some country house, big house of some description, you know. Yes. Uh, so she had been in service, and she was, uh, you know, and my and, and my uh, and my dad's dad had been a miner, and you know, we don't know we're alive. I know. <laughs> you know? So then, As they say. And so then, did you say that you you've also had other members that have also had other musical bands? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I've got a band at the moment called Sons of the Descent. We've had an album out. Gideon Cole played us a few times in Six Music. Uh, we got in some weird playlist recently that gave us thousands more plays than we managed to get previously. <laughs> and uh, we've got a second album that we'll, we've kind of got half done. And uh, so we created a, a label called Brossom Productions. And uh, recently stuck a tune up by uh, Arthur, A.A. Uh, e. Renton, as it were, and Jonathan uh, under the, the name The Social Leopards. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're both fab tracks. Right. So this, The Sons of the Descent, A.A. E. Renton and The Social Leopards are all... Yeah. Uh, Variations. Yeah. What about Bendy Toy? Uh, that's Stephen, who's in Sons of the Descent now. Right. Uh, so I, in my previous uh, label, <laughs> that released the the Wendy's album Six Foot Wingspan, also released stuff by a band that I was kind of managing, Cherry Fire Ashes and Bendy Toy. And Bendy Toy was very successful, actually, for a couple of years. Uh, you know, he played with Faithless and 
Steve Lamarck played him loads. Uh, you get more PRS than I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you. So are you all enjoying sort of still being, you know, musically creative? Oh yeah, definitely. Jonathan? I think it's just something you do. Just It's part of my way of life. Though I haven't been doing it recently. I think it's just been affected by home working and stuff and that. But maybe after sitting in the house at a computer, I don't feel like working on music on the computer as much. But uh, and generally, it's always been part of my life, actually. Just even today, just walking with my, my dog, he's just disappeared uh, over the park. A tune came into my head, and it's just, and I was trying to put down a vocal to that, uh, whilst I could still remember it. But uh, I think it's just something you do naturally. Yes. Well, I've, I've, uh, I do voice notes on my phone uh, quite often. Just get, I've, you know, because I, I will for, I'm terrible for coming up with something, spending a whole evening just playing it over and over, and then the next day. Do you, do you do guitar solo? What? Notes, like, <laughs> yes, I don't know what you mean. But yeah, I'm just going to say yes because I was quite scared by that. <laughs> uh, no, I just do a voice, a voice memo thing. And, uh, quite often whether it's a bass guitar or an electric guitar just not in an amp just sitting on my knee and uh quite often with some lyrics and whatnot and just record a verse or whatever and so my phone's full of them at the moment excellent and just i mean i expect everyone mentions this don't they so i'll have to say it but did you ever regret calling yourself the wendy's <laughs> from day one <laughs> I think they could have done better, but I don't know. I don't think at the end of the day, I don't think it matters. Yeah, it really, it really doesn't. I, I think, I think that uh, when you see, I suppose when you think about what was going on at the time, quite a laddish kind of Manchester culture, and I don't think the name went down very well. So what? They lost. Yes. Yeah. No, <laughs> was it the case that it was a drunken evening? Yeah, it yeah, was. We had to come up with a name because we were going to play our first gig and we didn't have a name, and that was the reason. Yeah, so. and we just—I think it was the one that made us laugh the most. Oh, <laughs> well, I suppose oh. you had in America, you had the band called the Band of Susan, so that was often yeah. confusing. So it didn't really. Exactly. I think. It's the music that matters, really, isn't it? Yeah, there's lots. I mean, there was up here, there was the Jennifers and oh, all sorts. Yes. Anyway, well, this, look, well, thank you ever so much for this. And uh, I hope we answered some of your questions because I, I realized in hindsight, I skirted over a few and took them down a different path because you were asking about postcard and things, which were very important to us, by the way. Uh, but we can't, I don't think we answered that. No, I just thought you said, <laughs> I don't, we don't care. They were gone. No, I wasn't sure no. how long postcard lasted for actually. I shouldn't, yeah. Should uh, well, I mean, well, it had a couple of incarnations, didn't it? Um, but the interesting thing, I mean, it was like, it was kind of like Jonathan said in one of our very first interviews, it was for an Edinburgh University newspaper, I think, was that 
difference at the time, I should say, uh, that the way things seemed to be was like in Glasgow, it was all, there was a kind of soul thing going on. And in Edinburgh, it was uh, quite unlistenable to bands, quite scratchy and whatnot, which I think came from the whole thing with the, the fire engines, people like that, yes. uh, who are fantastic and just like, I mean, David Henderson, the stuff that guy's done over the years is incredible. And uh, in fact, Jonathan and I were at a gig at a place called Sneaky Pete's shortly before. Well, actually, how long ago was it? How, how long before lockdown was that? I've lost the plot. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, we were we were in there and David Henderson was there and Jonathan and I were having a wee chat with him. And, uh, but just such a such a talent you know uh and kind of i don't know if it wasn't for people like mark riley keeping on giving them uh sessions live sessions there with these various bands then uh he'd probably be lost you know in life but his, yeah but i mean his his no but i mean lost in terms of people forgetting who the hell he was but i mean such a talent and uh yeah such a yes. and, all, yeah. and all that with you know uh with joseph Kay and people like that so it was all in edinburgh at the time early 80s it was very uh very left field pop going on and i think in glasgow until you know until something like jesus and mary chain came along to me it felt a bit more kind of soulful soulful and poppy yes uh, and that that was just my my feeling at the time but i'm sure people would be able to list all the bands that were so scratchy and unlistenable <laughs> to in glasgow as well yeah anyway look this has been fantastic well thank you ever so much we managed to set this up it's been good fun yeah well jonathan thank you and uh, um and thanks ian that's been brilliant and i'm um, sorry about not letting you in earlier <laughs> I just went, well let's hope it's recorded yeah. no this is good i'm sure it has recorded I know yes. anyway look thanks a lot and um i'll let you yeah. get on but thanks again yeah. that was great thanks very much it is good to speak to you yeah. bye and that is how you say goodbye and that's also the wendy's well some of them um yeah you probably gather it was jonathan renton on vocals he was slightly quieter he was sitting a bit further away from the microphone and ian white on guitar, a huge thank you. This has been David Eastor, The C86 Show. If you want to contact me, you can on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter. Um, indeed, C86 Show. And also, all these interviews have been archived, and you can find those on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean. Check it out for some reason. Anyway, have a great week.